0: Profit First Nation is the podcast for intelligent entrepreneurs who have taken ownership of their financials and leverage Profit First as a cash management system to make their businesses permanently profitable. I am Danielle Mulvey, an expert at guiding entrepreneurs on owning their financials in as little as 11 minutes per day and doing Profit First right. If you are a fan of Profit First and its author Mike McHallowitz, you have found your tribe. We are a nation of successful entrepreneurs driven to be permanently profitable with a grit and a growth mindset that lets no obstacle stand in our way in pursuit of the three Ps, passion, profit, and play. On Profit First Nation, we dive into advanced profit-first strategies, and we share the honest and authentic ups and downs of being a business owner. Today is an episode ending in five, so that means that we have our chief Profit First guide from Profit First Professional Headquarters, Billy-Ann Grigg in the house. Welcome back, Billy-Ann. Woohoo! Thanks, Danielle. I'm happy to be back. I love you always come with some, some great topics because you are definitely hearing the chatter and the buzz all over the place and people are reaching out directly to profit first headquarters so um, what are we going to talk about to start the
1: podcast so yeah to get us kicked off today um, we've been getting a lot of questions from brand new business owners so one of the things that we've seen um, happening in the past year and a half is a lot of people have decided to either start a business or to spin up a side gig that they have uh, into a full business and fortunately they are committed to doing it right So they've heard about Profit First, they have read the book, or they're familiar with the concept, and they're reaching out, and they're asking, hey, how do I get this started in my brand new business? So one of the primary questions that I get about Profit First in a brand new business is, how do I do my initial assessment? Because you know, in the book, that's kind of the starting point is you do an assessment on your business numbers a new business naturally doesn't really have any numbers to work from. Um, So a lot of times the question is around, do I use my projections and set my percentages from there? Um, It's definitely a way you could go about it. It's not my favorite way to go about starting a profit-first implementation in a new business, and here's why. We tend to either be very um, overconfident, and optimistic about our startup numbers and our projections or the opposite happens and we're way, way too conservative. So if you're setting your profit first implementation and your allocations based on an assessment on what basically amounts to uh, made up numbers, you could end up under allocating or over allocating to your specific profit first accounts. So really what's best for a brand new business is don't do an assessment at all. I mean, if you have six months to eight months worth of numbers, you're not technically a brand new business anymore anyway. You can use that data. But when you're implementing profit first from the actual very beginning of your business, go straight for those target allocation percentages. Totally. If you go for the
0: target allocation percentages out of the gate, and again, you can only do that if you are a brand new business. Remember, I am the host of Profit First Nation, so you don't do what I did. And what I did was um, read Profit First, um, you know, had been in business for several years and um, said, oh, Mike Mcallowitz doesn't know Danielle Mulvey. I can totally hit these target allocation percentages out of the gate, which... I did um, on our first (laughs) allocation. And then, of course, come the second allocation, there was no way we could hit those target allocation percentages out of the gate, which then led me to Profit First Professionals and becoming certified, mastery level certified as a Profit First Professional. And now just, you know, living and breathing and the poster child for the fact that you cannot hit your target allocation percentages out of the gate if you're existing business. But if you are a brand new business, yes, you should know no different. And so you can design your business out of the gate, hitting those target allocation percentages. But I did get a question actually myself, or we got a question into the podcast recently. And it was, hey, I have a photography business. I'm getting it back going again um, now that my kids are in school um, I put it on the shelf about two and a half years ago. When I'm doing my uh, assessment here to get going with it, should I use those numbers from two and a half years ago? And so, no. Um, if there's been a gap in the business, um, if you put it on pause um, for more than you know two or three months, you put it on pause. Then you know you can start treating it as a new business and targeting um, those target allocation percentages out of the gate if there was a a long pause or you put it on the shelf for a while. Um, But also, too, you know, if you're a new business starting out, um, the forecasting is good. It's important to do forecasting. But as Billy Ann said, they're to a certain degree made up numbers. I mean, this is your target. This is your goal. You want to meet and or exceed. So you still do that forecasting and such. But it has no impact. It doesn't play into your um, allocation percentages for your business getting
1: off the ground. Exactly, and you know what? That actually did trigger two other thoughts. Um, another question that has come up pretty recently. It's not quite along the same lines of I have a brand new business, but um, w- when talking about spinning up a, a business that's been put on hold and using those numbers or really not using those numbers for an assessment, anytime you have what I call an outlier year. and I mean, let's face it, 2020, that was an outlier year for most of us. Either our businesses went really, really well or not so well. And a lot of people got money through the EIDL or the PPP or something like that. What do we do to account for those? And my guidance is if you have an outlier year, you have to disregard that when you're doing your assessment. I'm not talking about normal business growth. If you have a great explosive growth year and you're expecting that to continue, absolutely do your assessment based on that. But if you have a year where you got a significant loan or you had a significant decrease in sales or something happened with a partner, you have to, if not disregard all those numbers, account for the numbers that are a little inflated.
0: Yeah, so you know, if if you did get PPP money and um, you know, you've been released of the obligation to pay that money back and such, then really what you should do is not count that as as income exactly um, necessarily, right? Uh, so you'd want to back that number out of your income number and then you know look at things from from that perspective and and just you know categorize that income as found money um, but obviously you know it's it's not going to repeat itself it's not going to come back again so you don't want those numbers skewed so that's an that's an excellent excellent point um, Billy thanks for bringing that up
1: yeah exactly and then the other thing that kind of came to mind as you were talking about um, doing the thing that I think a lot of us tend to do and say but I'm different and I'm going to implement profit first using the target allocation percentages even in my existing business because I can do that. Um, something that I see that can be a tripping point for people is if they do their assessment and they historically have profit, and we're talking profit first profit, which is cash surplus in their business, um, they might try to start allocating right at that profit percentage. So, you know, I've seen people that historically have 3%, 5%, 7% profit in their business after doing their profit assessment. The problem with going straight to that historical percentage, though, is that is a percentage over a period of time. So your business might, over the course of 12 months or 24 months, have 7% profit, let's say, but that's over the course of 12 months. And if you're starting your profit first implementation at a time when your business is down and revenue is down, going straight to that 7% isn't going to work. It's going to put too much of a strain on your business. So even if historically your assessment shows you have profit, still start small. You know, maybe not at one percent, but two or three percent, as opposed to let's say seven percent.
0: Yeah, slow your roll, and mm-hmm. you know, if you're implementing profit first for the first time, and you know you're working towards your target allocation percentages, just know it takes four, five, six, seven, maybe even eight quarters that incremental 1 2 3% up or down adjusting each of those allocation accounts until you hit your target allocation just be patient and make those minor small adjustments quarter over quarter in order to hit that target allocation and you know you said something and and I think that you know I I hear this from a handful of people Um, especially when I travel with Mike and he does his keynote and I do the workshop afterwards, you know, it's like everyone thinks Eric's the exception and I am not the exception to that rule either, because I thought the same thing uh, that I could hit the target allocation percentages out of the gate. And so we have, I mean, this profit first has been implemented in hundreds of thousands of businesses. And to be honest, there really has been no true exception you know, when you work with a Profit First professional who, you know, specializes in your industry or your niche, you know, they might have some some different tweaks to some of the percentages based off that industry, but you know, that really only comes with the experience of these certified Profit First professionals, you know, specializing in in particular industries and such. But, you know, focus on staying as true to the Profit First process all the steps of implementation, you know, moving slowly towards hitting your target allocation percentages, making those adjustments quarter over quarter, doing profit first right. I think that's where people kind of get hung up is they think, well, I can make this tweak or I can do this and I can make this exception. and, and that's when you get get off the path to permanent profitability by doing profit first right you are staying on the path to profitability and you know just move forward with it without trying to game the system trying to change things that you think might you know be in your favor or might get you there faster um the most important thing is to do profit first right and you will see the results i can't tell you how many people uh, have confessed to me that you know they tried implementing profit first and you know, thought they were the exception to the rules on some things and did some things differently. And guess what? It didn't work. Um, so, you know, licking their wounds, like I licked my wounds. Um, they, they come back and and say, okay, I get it. Like I touched the stove. I burned my hand. I'm not going to do that again. Get me back on the track to doing profit first. Right. It is, it's simple. It really is simple. If you just stick with the process Stick with the system as it's defined. I will um, make sure to include steps, the 12 steps. There's three phases to implementing profit first, and um, 12 steps total. There's four steps in each phase. Um, and so we will make sure that we include that um, with the visual recap for this episode. But, Billy Ann, um, you know, something else that um, in terms of looking at the percentages and such too, that I think throws people off is most people have not been allocating when they implement profit first. They haven't been allocating to a tax account and they haven't been allocating to a profit account. Um, They've just been paying themselves. And so, you know, that's where some adjustments come out of because in profit first, profit owner's pay and tax are three servings for the owner. And so you've probably just been paying yourself, paying yourself owner's pay, but really with profit first, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of dividing up that owner's pay and giving that owner's pay some more specific uh, intention and purpose to what that money needs to be used for. The allocation to profit is, you know, to help you build an emergency fund in your business, to give you some some capital cushion in your business, and uh, pay off debt. Actually, first you pay off debt with that money, uh, then you start to build some cushion in your business, and then you use um, a portion of it to celebrate and, you know, to enhance your lifestyle and do what you want with that money. Uh, once you've taken it as a profit distribution, then you have owner's pay, and that is that's the amount that you need to live off of. That is. You know, what puts a roof over your head, transportation to get you to and from places, food on the table, you know, the the basics, clothing, activity for your kids, et cetera. That's what owner's pay is. And then you have the tax account. And the tax account is, you know, taking that money and setting it aside because you've taken that money maybe in the past out of the business as owner's pay. But then when your accountant says, okay, here's your tax, here's what you need to pay. Here's your quarterly estimates for next year. You're like, uh, where do I get this money? That money you've just been taking in owner's pay, but in profit first now, you're gonna allocate it to the tax account and then you're gonna take that as a distribution when it is time to pay your taxes and you're not gonna stress about it because you have that money allocated and set aside and ready to do that.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, when you're doing your assessment, if you look at your operating expenses and they're pretty close to taps for your real revenue level, but you look and you're like oh my gosh my profit's way too high or my owner's comp's way too high or whatever take a breath and realize that you're actually several steps ahead because if your opex is close to taps that's most of the battle won right there now it's just a matter of looking at what historic or how historically the business has supported you and changing your mindset around that money. It can feel like a little bit of a ding to reduce your owner's comp. But when you realize that you're not really losing anything, you're just kind of restructuring um, how you view that money and dividing it up differently. It's a lot easier to stomach that change, if you will, um, and get your business to where it's supporting you even with more certainty than what you've had historically.
0: And, you know, I think that's a great point that, you know, really trying to hit that target allocation percentage in OPEX, I mean, that is like the biggest battle that most businesses face. Remember, there's only two ways to increase profitability. Number one, increase margin, and number two, decrease expenses. And that is why, you know, looking at your expenses and cutting expenses is its own step in the implementation process to profit first. I mean, Businesses can easily cut 10%. Businesses have cut 30%, 40% when they just start looking at what the expenses are and, you know, stop just, you know, letting money go out the door because you think you need it uh, and such. Any stories that you have
1: to share or, or ideas around cutting expenses? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You hit the nail in the head. Most businesses have fluff. Occasionally I'll encounter a business that really is running lean, but most of them have fluff and 10%, I've even seen 20, 25% where they can cut that right off the bat because what happens is, you'll sign up for something, it's five dollars a month. You don't think about that. and then something else is twenty dollars a month. Well, that's not really much either. And these little it's you know, death by a thousand paper cuts, right? It's just these little cuts here and there that are really dinging your operating expenses. So when you look at your expenses as a whole and you start saying, oh my gosh, I don't use this, you're gone. I don't use this, gone. Now that initial cut to your operating expenses doesn't hurt so much. It might seem like a big number if you need to reduce operating expenses by, you know, let's say 20%, but it's actually pretty easy to do at the beginning. Um, Then beyond that, you know, increasing those margins, doing everything you can. One of the first things that I would do with a client is a pricing analysis. Is there room for you to increase your price? Spoiler alert, there is. I've never worked with a business owner that is charging enough for their product or their services. We all kind of have the same fear that if I raise my prices, my customers are going to leave. And really, just the smallest increase of your price, it will make a huge impact on your profit margin and your customer might not even notice it.
0: Especially like where the economy is right now and where it seems to be heading, it's really important that you're keeping up with the inflation in the market because otherwise it's going to negatively impact you. You're going to be making significantly less if your expenses are going up like everyone else um, in the market. So it's important that, you know, to maintain that margin that you're also really focused on um, incrementally increasing your prices as well. So that's just... So, so, so important under these circumstances.
1: Yeah, I- exactly. And depending on what it is you sell and what the price point is, I mean, I worked with a business owner that was able to increase their prices 25% across the board, and their customers didn't even notice. And it it was a matter of taking them from I'm going to go bankrupt to, oh, my gosh, I can pay off debt and fund a profit account and pay myself this is amazing. And they've just been so hesitant to raise their prices because they were convinced that their customers were super price sensitive. And it turned out not to be the case at all.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, and and a good sort of confidence booster on raising your prices is checking out what your competitors are charging. You know, oftentimes when I've challenged people to do this, just, you know, find out what other people are charging, they're gobsmacked. I mean, they're like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. Oh, wow. They're 20% more than me. They're 15% more than me, and I do better work than them. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, you know, that is another way too, is to look at what your
1: competitors are charging in the marketplace. Exactly, yeah, as as I've told people in the past, look, somebody has to be the most expensive, it might as well be you. If you're the one that's providing the, the superior product or the superior service, why aren't you reflecting that in your price? Because there are people out there that want to pay the highest price to get
0: the the best service and the best value and you know the, the ideal so don't uh don't let it be someone else make sure it's you
1: excellent yeah. point Billy Ann. Awesome.
0: Well thank you so much for joining us. Uh remember we uh, chat with Billy Ann on episodes ending in five so you could always go back into our prior episodes and uh, check out other episodes with Billy Ann. Thank you so much again for joining us. If you would like to connect with a Profit First professional bookkeeper, accountant, or coach, then please visit ProfitFirstNation.com and click on contact where you can make that connection. And as always, we do have a visual recap for all of our episodes, and you can access that at ProfitFirstNation.com. Click on resources. You can also subscribe and have our visual recap sent to you every week via text and or email. So make sure you do that and cheers to another profitable day, my entrepreneurial friends. Profit First Nation website, related podcasts and resources are provided for general information purposes only and do not constitute accounting, legal, tax or other professional advice. Visitors should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional.